0: Good morning Mendocino County. My name is Julie McGovern. I'm the Executive Director of the Mendocino College Foundation and this is the Mendocino College Radio Hour. We are here to talk about things happening at the college and today my guest is Tina Rader. She is the Senior Vice President of Human Resources and Training Director for Savings Bank of Mendocino County. And like Savings Bank, Tina is involved in giving back to her community. She has served on the Board of Directors for the Mendocino College Foundation since 2019. She is also a Mendocino College alumni with two associate's degrees in small business management and business office technology. And she graduated from Sonoma State's HR Management Certificate Program. And I'm so excited to welcome Tina to our show. Welcome, Tina.
1: Good morning, Julie. I'm glad to be here.
0: Thanks. So your journey with Mendocino College started as a student, and I'm curious about what led you to enroll at Mendocino College.
1: It can best be described as a life change, Julie. Mm -hmm. I had worked for a big bank uh, for 17 years, and I had left that bank uh, for philosophical reasons. I didn't believe in, uh, what they were asking me to do with customers. And so I decided banking was no longer for me. And I was a bit naive there because that was the skill I had Mm -hmm. banking. And I had five semesters of sign language with Mendocino community college and I could type. And so I left that big bank and I went out into the world to find a different job and the world had changed.
0: This was about when?
1: This was 1997. Okay. And during that time, I actually went out to Mendocino College and had an assessment done on my skills. Uh, At the time, I didn't have the funds to go uh, for a four-year degree. I had been raised in a family system that really didn't support college, so I had no college besides the five semesters of sign language. And after I took the assessment, I was actually rather daunted and Mm -hmm. didn't know what to do. And I began looking for another job because it was important to me to be a full financial partner uh, to my husband. And I saw a part-time ad uh, in the paper that said, HR clerk, Savings Bank of Mendocino County. I didn't even know what HR was. That's how good the company I worked for was. (laughs) If they had an (laughs) HR department, I had never met them. Uh, So I called my sister and said, what's HR? And she said, honey, go get that job and keep it. Mm -hmm. And I did. That was good advice. And when I got into Savings Bank, I realized I needed to up my skills. Mm -hmm. And Savings Bank was very supportive. They had a college reimbursement program, uh, so much per semester that you completed. They would reimburse you for books and tuition. And they also gave you 90 minutes, up to 90 minutes off a week for classes that started early.
0: Okay. That's nice. Mm-hmm. And that still ha- exists?
1: It still exists. And I started signing up for business classes because I was now in a very professional HR environment and I needed more skills.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So obviously, I think one of the things that I think about is that you know, Mendocino College is is kind of the only option, but it's a good one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm kind of curious about your time as a Mendocino College student. So you were working full-time when you started back to school, correct?
1: Well, technically I was working part-time when I first started taking a class here and there. And how it evolved was, here I am, 38 years old, and the teachers would say, well, what's your major And I would say, well, I'm not in the military because (laughs) I didn't know what a major was. I didn't know what a resume was. I had no idea. And I started being educated by the teachers. And when I realized how much time I was going to put in to get the skills I needed, I thought I should at least get something for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Meaning Uh, like a degree as opposed to just taking some classes to improve your skills.
1: Yes. And as opposed to certificate, I wanted the skills and I wanted the degree.
0: Now, do you think that that was important for your employer, or was this more of a personal goal, like you wanted this for yourself? Because you mentioned that you didn't really have role models necessarily in your family. Um, were you the first to go to college? Yes. Well, that's quite an achievement.
1: Actually, that's, that's not true. I have one, a middle sister had gone to college in Southern California and okay. had a, de- a degree in computer science. Okay. So I was the second. Well, good for you, Mm -hmm. and good for your sister. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And you had mentioned to me, because being a director on our foundation, I know one of the things that you really enjoy doing is the scholarships, and that you yourself were awarded a scholarship when you were a student. How did that come about?
1: Yes, and I'd like to speak to that, because the scholarship was just life-saving, and it was the professors who you know, let me know that it even existed. So there were some wonderful professors, um, Miriam Pethel, Terry Robertson, and they headed up the business program at that time. And it was actually Terry who told me the scholarship was available. And it was $1,000. And the way it paid out was $500 per semester. And why that was so very helpful is, early on as I was going to college, my husband became very ill and he couldn't work for a period of time. And at that time I was still part-time and I was making about a third an hour what he was making Mm -hmm. as a contractor. And it was difficult. And I was driving back and forth to the college, going to school at night on my lunch hour and on Saturdays. So when they gave me the $1,000. It could have been $10,000. It was so very helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine being in that situation and thinking, okay, I'm working, I'm going to school, my husband's ill, I'm a little overwhelmed, I don't think I can do school. That's the thing that's got to go. And I think that's what happens often mm-hmm. with um, students, particularly at community college if they're only going part time. Mm-hmm. But you're an example of someone who really stuck it out and it, you know, has paid off. I mean, what, do you, did you get encouragement from your professors to, to stick with it?
1: I did. And and what's interesting is at one point I became ill. Okay. Um, I don't mind saying my thyroid blew out and I didn't know what was wrong. And there are some side effects where your memory's affected and mm-hmm. your energy level's affected. So until that got diagnosed, I, I actually one semester had to drop some classes. And I worked with the college to make sure that that didn't harm Uh, My academic record. And then I came back once the medication was dialed in. I cannot speak. I cannot say how much Terry Robertson helped me. She met with me one on one as a counselor. And let me know um, it was important not to miss classes that were prerequisites. She's the one, as I said, who told me about the scholarship. And I even remember one day just sitting in her office and discussing the classes ahead for the next semester. And her asking me, do you have the book for this class yet? And I didn't. And she said, well, I have it right here. Somebody can't take the class. And they asked me to give it to another fellow student and Textbooks are expensive. And yeah. those little things along the way were a big help.
0: Mm-hmm. Those human connections. That- yes.
1: And I, I really want to say this, um, Julie. It was always really evident to me that the profess- professors were invested in my success. Mm-hmm. And not just Miriam and Terry, but Steve Hixenbaugh, Larry Prudhomme, and Emmett Jones. Um, they were just fantastic. Steve uh, leading up the business program, he was amazing. And he was always pinpointing the day-to-day application of what you were learning in the and how you would use it in the business setting. And Emmett Jones, he just wanted everyone to be successful. And that was finan- financial and managerial accounting. Okay. Um, and it was a nighttime class. And it was very difficult and I had never really taken a class at that level um, in finance before, and he just ensured that every single one of us were successful in in that class and understood it when we left.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things I've been really impressed with in my time at Mendocino College Mm -hmm. is the level of commitment Mm -hmm. of the faculty, Mm -hmm. and I think that the students have expressed that to me. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had students come into the foundation office who have been directed to come there around scholarships or things like that, because of their professor told them, you know, if you need help, we have a student emergency fund, same, same thing. Mm -hmm. And the um, counselors, like you talked about, they are also hugely influential in helping to guide the students, because it could be intimidating. If you're coming into an environment, you don't know what resources are there, you don't have anybody in your life that can show you, you know, not everybody's in that scenario, but enough people are that, you know, even just to be able to ask for help can be difficult?
1: It can be. And I always joke and say when I come into real money that I'll start a scholarship called ORS, um, Older Adults Returning to School. Mm -hmm. I was 38 years old. Mm -hmm. However, I didn't have the vocabulary around college, the academic vocabulary. I didn't have the understanding of the workings of it. And counselors like um, Terry Robertson and Jean Sterling were so invaluable to me and so patient.
0: That's great. Mm -hmm. And I think um, having those professors, too, who you know that really, really care, makes a difference and makes you want to keep on going. So how did how did getting your degree impact your career trajectory? We kind of started with you talking about an inflection point in your mm-hmm. life and career where you kind of assessed where you were and where you wanted to go, and you, that's what led you to enroll and pursue your associate's degrees. Once you compl- and how long did it take for you to finish?
1: <laughs> years. It, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Which is a common story. <laughs> it, it took me years. Excuse me. So I think it took about eight years okay. to get two degrees. Working um, by then full time, and it started as a, I started as a part time clerk. Then I was promoted to administrative assistant, and now I was full time and going to college every semester. And then in two uh, in two thousand eight, I was promoted to assistant HR director, and then HR director. And then HR and training director. So I really believe that adding the skills to the resources that Savings Bank was providing me and the -the on-the-job training and my life experience, they just came together and moved me forward. And I can't emphasize enough how supportive Savings Bank has been.
0: I think that's uh, exemplary. You know, to have an employer that is encouraging you—I mean, it's in their own interest because, like, look—you've <clears throat> taken those skills that you've learned, but it's also benefiting the person, the employee. You know, you're not just a number; you're mm-hmm. a full person with goals and ambitions and, you know, dreams. Um, so, I'm I'm impressed that those that those conditions still exist. You know, that um, savings bank you said, still offers flex time and a certain level of reimbursement to employees. Do you think that um, today is uh, employees are still taking advantage?
1: Yes, I know they are. And because mm-hmm.
0: you're in that realm of human resources, you're able mm-hmm. to talk to them. Do you tell them your story and kind of encourage, you know, going to college?
1: Yes, I do. And in fact, the approvals on the reimbursements come through the Human Resources Department. So either myself or uh, Justin Tippett, the uh, assistant HR and training director, see those requests for reimbursement, and we make a point um, to reach out to the employee and say, we're so excited that you're investing in yourself, Um, we're interested in your success and your journey, Mm -hmm. and congratulations.
0: Okay, I just want to remind you, or if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. My name is Julie McGovern. I'm the Executive Director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And my guest today is Tina Rader, who is the Senior Vice President of Human Resources and the Training Director for Savings Bank of Mendocino College. And she sits on the board of directors for the Mendocino College Foundation. And we've just been talking about um, the fact that she's a Mendocino College alumni and how getting her you know, business skills and associates degree has improved her career trajectory. And I want to pivot to kind of where you are now, and that's you sit on the advisory committee for the business department at Mendocino College, and students can enroll in business management, business accounting, or business administration for transfer. As a community college, we're focused on serving the needs of students, of course, but the local job market as well. And as an HR professional in Mendocino and Lake Counties, you see those needs of employers, like your employer, Savings Bank, firsthand. Can you talk about the relationship between Mendocino College and the business community?
1: Well, Julie, you mentioned the advisory committee, and pre-COVID, the advisory committee met often, and it was first led up by Miss Professor Hicks and Baugh, and now it's led up by Julie Finnegan. And employers from all over the county would come together and have a have a meal and discuss the needs. And how Mendocino College could make sure that those needs are being focused on in curriculums for classrooms. So we would talk to Julie and uh, Steve about what is needed, about the basic business skills that are needed. It's hard to believe in 2022 that we still have young adults who don't have those skills and even older applicants. So it's a real need here in Mendocino College, and I know you and I have had these discussions around the board as well, the need to also focus on the business needs of Mendocino County. We have the nursing program at the college. We have the culinary arts program at the mm-hmm. college and a wonderful theater department. There's a very supportive business department as well. And I like to emphasize that because not everyone can leave the county, not everyone can go for a four-year degree. So what skills can they obtain to make them a viable and attractive applicant to local businesses? And so that was the purpose of the advisory committee is for local businesses to tell the college what we need. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, is some basic behaviors are still needed showing up on time showing up dressed appropriately knowing how to use microsoft office Mm -hmm. email knowing how to write a letter um, knowing how to wait on customers those kinds of basics then you move into the advanced skills like knowing really how to manage spreadsheets uh, knowing how to write formulas And the last thing I'd like to say is knowing how to behave is so important, Mm -hmm. how to behave in an office. There was a survey done a few years ago of employers in America, and they said, if you had an open position, the survey question was, if you had an open position, would you want an expert or would you want someone who had some basic good knowledge of the subject and was really good with people. Mm -hmm. And hands down, the employer said, they would want the applicant who was good with people because you want someone invited into your organization or culture who knows how to behave and get along and move projects along in a mature way.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, there's training you can provide to improve people's skills, right? But there's certain, the softer skills... You could call them people skills um, that you, are more difficult to, to train somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all worked in an environment at one point or another in our you know, lives where there's been somebody who doesn't have some of those people skills. And it can just wreak havoc on mm-hmm. the culture of the workplace.
1: Yes. And sometimes your first role model for appropriate behavior is a professor mm-hmm. or a teacher. And mm-hmm. so it starts at the community college level for many people. Oh, there is a different world out there, and I can be part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I I was having I have an 8-year-old daughter who's in third grade, and we were talking the other day, and I said um, something about, you know, you would it be when you grow up. And she said, oh, I want to be a teacher, just like Mrs. Barnes, which Wonderful. is her current teacher. And I remember feeling mm-hmm. the same way when I was her age. So I think if you're lucky enough early on to have a teacher – that, that 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 can be a role model. I mean, I have I was lucky enough to have other good role models in my life, but you know, so it starts that it could start that early, but then like you said once you're once you're 18 plus, you're finished with high school, maybe you're just right out of high school, maybe you're 28, 32, 55, however old you are, you know, when you're in an environment where there's somebody that is a can be a mentor. And I know that you take that very seriously both in your professional life at Savings Bank um, as a mentor, but also through the foundation, through the advisory committee at the college. Um, I think it's really important for the younger generation to have those kind of mentors in place. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you have benefited from from that type of scenario as well?
1: Absolutely. I. I'm thinking right now about my third grade teacher, Mrs. Shirley Beatty.
0: <laughs> yep. Third grade. There's something about third grade. It just hits you.
1: And uh, Mrs. Beatty was amazing. That was, of course, decades ago. And Mrs. Beatty at reading time uh, would have one of us come up and sit on her lap. <laughs> and so that was very special to sit on Mrs. Beatty's lap during reading time. And I'm 64, so we were reading things like Heidi and the Secret Garden, (laughs) and I just thought it was magical. And I remember Mrs. Beattie had um, actually myself and another uh, friend of mine who was a foster child uh, spend the night and invited us into the home. This couldn't be done today with she and her husband. And I remember looking around her home and looking at them and thinking, when I grow up, this is how I want to live. Mm-hmm. I remember very clearly thinking that. It's interesting. Mrs. Beatty came through Ukiah once. She heard that I was working at this big bank, the one previous to savings bank. And I was sitting down in a booth counting money. And she came in the bank and asked for me. And the woman who responded to her told her I wasn't there. <gasps> oh, no. And my mother had sent her there, so I missed her. And I found out about that in a casual conversation with my mother like decades later. And so I started this hunt for Mrs. Beatty, and I found her when she was 93. Oh my, that's amazing. She was living in Grass Valley. And my husband and I made a special, special trip over and spent an afternoon with her. She still had papers I had written, notes oh I had written to her.
0: That's amazing.
1: And uh, she made a big difference in my life. And that was a a very life affirming moment to give back to her. And uh, to be seen by her at that age Mm -hmm. uh, was really validating for me. I came from a family of five girls Um, and both parents had to work. So there wasn't a lot of focused attention. And she gave Mm -hmm. me focused attention that made a difference.
0: Yeah. And how nice that you got the chance, even though you had that missed opportunity when she came to the bank, that you were able to go and visit with her. Because I have a lot of teachers in my family. And I think that that's probably the most gratifying element of teaching is when former students let you know, how much of a difference they that you made in their life. That's just so cool.
1: Yes. And after that visit we corresponded and I stayed in her life until she passed.
0: Wow. Yeah. Mrs.
1: Beattie <laughs>
0: <laughs> lives on in Tina's <laughs> memories forever. Um, I just want to remind, tell you, if you're just joining us, my name is Julie McGovern. You're listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. And my guest today is Tina Rader, who is a Senior Vice President of Human Resources and the Training Director for Savings Bank of Mendocino County. She is a Mendocino College alum. She has two associate's degrees in business. And also sits on the Board of Directors for the Mendocino College Foundation, Um, What led you to decide to join the the Board of Directors of the Foundation, Dina?
1: My uh, CEO and president at the time, Scott Yandel, um, let me know that there was a position, a board director's position open and asked me if I was interested. And I said, absolutely. That was my immediate response. I love Mendocino Community College. I feel it gave so much to me you know, when the st- student is ready, the teacher will come. And I just feel in my case that the teachers came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I benefited so much. And I'm, I'm really grateful. And I wanted an opportunity to give back. Uh, when you sit on the Mendocino College Foundation board, you give back with your time and energy and also financially. Mm-hmm. And the idea that I could give in a way that was meaningful to a student just like the scholarship was meaningful to me was very important to me mm-hmm. and I'm very happy to be on the board It's one of the better things I do oh good mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: well I know you mentioned that the scholarship um, application season when when we all, kind of read through the applications and award students that that was something that was really meaningful to you. Um, do you think that's because you have that personal connection to having been a student and received a
1: scholarship? Absolutely. When we read the scholarships, um, we read quite a few. Mm-hmm. We could read maybe 30 are assigned to us, and you hear stories from students from all walks of lives all walks of life, and students of all ages, and uh, sexual identities, and circumstances, and it's a very fair scoring system, which is nice. It's a a software we use, and it really keeps you in touch with the realities that students are facing. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we go through that process, and then the scholarships are awarded. And then if there's anything that we feel comes up in the process that needs to be discussed at the board, we bring that to the board Mm -hmm. for further consideration.
0: Mm -hmm. I know that reading the scholarship essay – portion. And also the, the portion where the recommenders, which one of them typically has to be um, a teacher if they're in high mm-hmm. school, or a, or a professor if they're a current student, are some of my favorite things to read, because that's when you really get the personal um, stories of mm-hmm. what this student is achieving. And sometimes they're really humble, or not necessarily, you know, fully disclosing the challenges that, that, that they have faced. And um, but the professors know, and the faculty members will often point that out and highlight, you know, like your situation where somebody's juggling working, going to school. Some have children, some have grandparents they're taking care of. You know, I mean, I think that's the reason why community college is such a good fit for our population is that flexibility of it. And then, of course, you know, the affordability of it. Scholarships definitely help. Mm-hmm. Um, What other things about the foundation have you found to be enjoyable or meaningful or, you know, really make you want to stick with it? I mean, it's been a few years, but we Mm -hmm. have some foundation directors Mm -hmm. who have been on the board for 20 years.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I really wanted to emphasize how much I enjoy the scholarships. And I want to touch on that, uh, Julie, before I answer your question a little bit more. um, And you talked about the variety of students that apply for scholarships. And I I just want to speak to that a little bit more. Um, People who are um, recovering from drug and alcohol abuse, I've seen applicants Mm -hmm. like that for the scholarships. I've seen applicants who say, You know, I had three children, and I raised them, and I quit my job to do so, and now I'm back in school, and I need some help going to school. I've seen kids right out of high school working hard, taking lots of uh, college classes, and really wanting to make a difference in their family, and as you said, being the first one in their family system to attend college. I think that Mendocino Community College is just the host for such a variety uh, and diversity uh, of students that it's just a privilege to be on the foundation and help those students find their way through Mm -hmm. the system and to be successful. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you mentioned what, what else on the board excites me. Well, I'm excited to learn all the ins and outs of of the board and how we support the college, and I'm still learning. Uh, mostly, I'm assigned to the scholarship mm-hmm. <laughs> committee, and uh, uh, one thing I really have emphasized to the board when it's appropriate is the needs, the need for enhancement of the business program, mm-hmm. and I do have actually a an appointment scheduled this week with uh, an advisor from the college so we can start working on that. Again, Uh, pre COVID, I worked with the college with one of the professors, um, Walt Waterbury, and he would invite me out every semester to talk in his business classes when they hit the human resources chapter. And I would teach a couple of the classes for Walt. And as I said before the advisory committee met, very often before COVID. So now we're just getting things up and going again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Recently, I was out at the college at an event where you and I were both present at the Native American Resource Center Mm -hmm. and working with some of those who are advancing the interest of the Native American students. So Savings Bank of Mendocino County really wants to partnership with Mm -hmm. Mendocino Community College and see what we can do to help students enhance their business skills and be more attractive to local employers if they want to stay in the community. Mm -hmm. COVID has really changed the thinking of people. Not everybody wants to go away from home and go away to a four-year college. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's able. Mm -hmm. And if you can get the skills you need right here and can stay at home because that's what you need to do, then that would be wonderful.
0: And I I know there's been an effort, um, uh, there's a woman, Pam Heston, who's been hired, and that is basically what she's tasked, I can't remember her actual title right now. But she works with Shasta College mm-hmm. and Mendocino College is kind of a hybrid. And she's basically networking with the business community, the the employers in various communities. And not just saying like community at large, but really drilling down. I was at a presentation. She did like a luncheon through the Coast Mendocino Coast Chamber of Commerce last week that was held at the, the college's Coast Center in Fort Bragg. And it was an open invitation to hear from... And she had already done a lot of this work and was reporting on it. But also, you know, what economic sectors there need in terms of like you're talking about business skills. Mm-hmm. Well, at the coast, hospitality and tourism is a big business. So she had been connecting with um, some of the hotels and restaurants and um, retail. And, you know, what what kind of skills should Mendocino College be teaching students to be the best prospective employees that they can be and to make them successful as members of the community, mm-hmm. you know, to give them actual skills that will be put to use is kind of a win-win. Mm-hmm. I know she's going to be doing something similar up in Willits at our North County Center. Um, I would imagine she's probably going to do that at Lakeport at our Lake Center. And, I mean, I know she's she's working in Ukiah mm-hmm. as well. So trying to really drill down you know, in each community, what their Mm -hmm. needs are, because they do vary, depending Mm -hmm. on what businesses, you know, up in the North County Center in Willits, they're working with Metal FX, which is one of the big employers, I think the biggest employer in Willits, on welding, Mm -hmm. and bringing that back because they had a welding instructor who retired and that was the biggest sticking point was trying to convince a welder to be mm-hmm. a teach to be a professor, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe never thought of themselves as a college professor. But there's lots of people in our community
1: mm-hmm. who
0: have those career technical education skills. And you don't even need, you don't need a master's degree, you need an associate's degree. And maybe they took classes back when they were figuring out what they wanted to do, and they didn't finish. But it could be a matter of taking six credits and getting that associate's degree, and then they'd be able to actually teach, mm-hmm. which not only would be good for them as far as you know extra income, and but good for the pipeline of workers, you know, students mm-hmm. who can be trained in that particular field.
1: Yes, we actually have an appointment with Pamela Heston this week. Oh, perfect! So we're excited about working with her. Nice. Mm-hmm. Is she
0: connecting through Savings Bank? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. I am your host, Julie McGovern. I'm the Executive Director of the Mendocino College Foundation. And my guest today is Tina Rader, who is a Director on the Board of Directors of the Foundation, as well as a Mendocino College alumni and the Senior VP of Human Resources and Training Director for Savings Bank of Mendocino College. So one thing that has been exciting that we've done... um, in the last few months is launch an alumni association for Mendocino College, which was a long-term goal that's coming to fruition, but we haven't yet quite get the word out. <laughs> so this is an opportunity to sort of plug that. And uh, one way, if you're listening and you are a Mendocino College alumni and you're interested in hearing about events that are happening at the college or news or things like, you know, Pam Heston's coming to talk, that kind of stuff, uh, you can send an email to alumni at Mendocino.edu. And you can also visit the foundation's website, which is uh, foundation.mendocino.edu, and click on the Alumni Association link. There's some stories up there uh, from local business owners who are Mendocino College alumni. Um, and when you were talking before about all the skills, the, the, the basic business skills, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's a lot of people who are entrepreneurial, and maybe they want to go into a music career, you know, or something more uh, artistic career, but you still need business skills, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you don't
0: just have to be a quote unquote business person or work at a bank or something that's really closely tied to business. You could be doing lots of things out in the world, but having a business, knowing how to create a budget, knowing how to work with QuickBooks, um, knowing how to, if you need to hire somebody you know, what, what's required because there are laws about these things, yes. you know. Um, and so I think that's uh, something to keep in mind for potential people who want to have a small business and take classes to, you know, brush up those skills or learn those skills.
1: That's so important, Julie. And I know that when I was at Mendo and after I graduated and even still, it. but I was especially passionate about it. Uh, early on, if I bumped up against a young person and we started talking, which fortunately I had that opportunity because through HR we go to career fairs mm-hmm. around the county. We go to Covelo, we go to the high school, um, we go to other career fairs that are are put on. And I always ask the student, "What are your interests? Are you going to go to college?" Um, and you know, some there, yes, you know, I'm going here. I've, I've got it all laid out. And then there's that student that falls in between. I'm not really sure. Oh, I think I want to open a beauty salon. I want to be a fashion designer. I want to be a chef. And I always take the opportunity to say, be sure and get some business skills because you can be really good at your art. You can be really good, a fantastic sought after stylist or chef If you don't have the foundational business skills on how to run a business, you won't be successful. And you can get those at Mendocino Community College. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to maybe open up the
0: phone lines for a little bit here. If there's anyone out there who's been listening in or if you just tuned in, it's the Mendocino College Radio Hour and you have questions for my guest today, Tina Rader. Um, You can ask her about being an alumni, you can ask her about the foundation, or you can ask her about Savings Bank. (laughs) Um, The number to call is 707-895-2448. That's 895-2448. And we'll be here to take your call if you call. Meanwhile, we're going to chit-chat a little bit more. So today, actually, at the college, they're doing a university day where um, representatives from universities around California are coming to the college. And this is particularly for students who might want to transfer. Mm-hmm. So, um, But it's open to anyone. High school students can, can come. Um, one thing you had talked about with me a while back was the, I can't remember now what the acronym was, but the program that you did maybe 15 years ago at, oh, at the high schools yes. that was teaching mm-hmm. kind of some of those skills you were talking about.
1: It was a wonderful program called Sarah Student Employment Readiness Academy. And what it did was get students ready for um, being employees. Okay. I think we have a call. Oh, <laughs> that's what that beeping. <laughs> forgive me,
0: my first live show. Okay. Hello, caller. You're on the air.
2: Hi. Hi! Great program. Really enjoying listening. And I'm Doug Bro. I'm a professor at Mendocino College. Oh, hi, Doug. Uh, I, hi. How you doing, Julie?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for calling.
2: Good. I just wanted to mention. I'm so glad that you plugged the uh, University Fair Day that's going on. I'm on my way to go sit at the table right now. Oh, good. But also. Also, the opening on this Thursday, from 4 to 6 in the Art Gallery, is um, the first one we've had in quite a while, a faculty art show. So the gallery show for this coming month and a half is going to be the faculty show. And these are all the full-time and part-time art instructors from the college that work in three-dimensional art in visual arts. And I invite everyone to come and attend the opening.
0: Oh, great! And remind us again what day and time the opening is happening.
2: This Thursday, which I think is the sixth. Yes, and it's two and it's four o'clock to six o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Perfect. Well, and thank you so much for it, letting it, us it, know.
2: You're welcome. And it, of course, at the gallery the gallery is located in the theater building.
0: Yes. It's right to the left if you're looking at the theater, the CVPA building um, right there. Well, that's exciting. and I know that I will be stopping by to see the faculty artwork. And thank you again for the reminder, Doug.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Take care now.
0: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. If there's other people out there listening that has a question or a comment or anything they'd like to discuss about Mendocino College, about scholarships, um, or talk to Tina, if we have questions for Tina, um, feel free to call that number, which is
1: 707-895-2448. So before Doug called in, we were talking about the, I'm sorry, was it called Sarah? Sarah, Student Employment Readiness Academy. It was the brainchild, I believe, of Geraldine Barr and Kathleen Murphy. I hope I have their names right. It. Was a wonderful program and it was not a required class. So, students voluntarily signed up for the SARA program and they met after school. And the way it worked is a variety of employers would join the students. And on the day that I came, I spoke to the students about cover letters and resumes and how to apply. And I gave them paper copies that's what we had then Mm -hmm. of our applications. And they filled out those applications and they asked me questions about what to wear and what to say. And then at the next time that I met with them, it wasn't just me, but it was employers from around the county volunteered. It was mock interviews that we conducted with the children with the teenagers, excuse me. So The classroom was set up so there would be one-on-one interviews happening, and they would hand us their application, and we would go through a whole interview process with them very formally. And then after the interview process, we would give them feedback on how they showed up for the interview, did they answer the question, how their resume looked, how the cover letter looked. It was a fantastic program.
0: And did you have a lot of interest from the high school students?
1: Yes. It was a full class. Wow. And it really got students ready. And these students were thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. And as I said, it was voluntary. So again, they really wanted to be there and they wanted to hear what we had to say. And I find that, Julie, in the classes that I taught with Walt Waterbury at the college, Mm -hmm. the students really wanted to know about some of the practical aspects of being an employee and working in a business setting, Mm -hmm. how to get their foot in the door. um, And they really wanted to understand how it works and what employers need.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, and I think writing a resume when you don't have a lot of experience is, is is a challenge. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been working for 20 years, you have enough stuff, you have to leave stuff off. (laughs) But you know, if, Mm -hmm. if you're fresh coming out of high school, you probably don't have too much to put on there. So you have to kind of get creative and, and think about what skills you can highlight. You know, maybe you babysat, Mm -hmm. but how do you translate that into like what needs to be on a resume? Yes.
1: One of the things you asked me when we were visiting and talking about, uh, doing this program was do you did you notice a difference with job candidates that have taken business classes or obtained their degree and i really do and i'm right now thinking of our hr um, clerk and recruiter um zoe who has a business degree and we hired her um, at the very beginning of the pandemic it hadn't really just blown up yet but during the time where she was supposed to be trained, it did. So we had to actually tell her to just stay at home for a little bit until we find out how we can continue your training because that was at the time when you couldn't be within six feet of each other and it was just all so hot. And I called Zoe at one point and said, I need you to come in and be a lobby attendant and a disinfector. Mm -hmm. And this is not what she was hired to do. She has business degrees And she, this is Zoe's attitude, of course. Mm -hmm. So she actually came in and did that, then came back into uh, the department and actually ultimately started handling COVID cases. I mean, this is not what this young lady was hired to do, but her communication skills are excellent. She's literate. She follows instructions. And I want to focus on, that's how applicants who are college educated are different. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that life experience doesn't give some applicants that, because it does, and I want to honor that. But as a rule, those who have an associate's degree or university degree come in better prepared Mm -hmm. to be successful.
0: Well, it was interesting. We had, um, there's a photographer, uh, professor at Medicino College, Gary Gottlieb, and he was um, a guest at one of our um, Lake County, friends of Lake County Medicino College affiliate meetings. And he was talking about how he went into it for the first time as a college professor teaching high school students, because that's what the dual enrollment program is geared towards. And he didn't realize it was going to be freshmen through seniors. So you know, quite a range, mm-hmm. some 14 year olds um, and 18 year olds, but, and he kind of went into it with this belief of, well, I'm going to treat them like college students, because this is a college class. And, you know, wanted to hold that philosophy, but also at the same time, be realistic with that they didn't—they weren't there yet, you know, they, they didn't have that experience yet. And I mean, I feel like that's like a common thread in what we're talking about is just recognizing that, Potential is there in younger people or even returning students who are older adults, but kind of giving them the skills and training that they need. If you're listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour right now and you want to call in and discuss anything related to the college or any of your thoughts that you have to share, give us a call at 707-895-2448. And you can talk to my guest today, Tina Rader. Tina Rader who is a director on the Mendocino College Foundation Board of Directors and is a Mendocino College alumni. And we'd love to hear from you if you're an alumni and you have a story to share. Give us a call or send us an email at alumni at mendocino.edu. And Tina also is the Senior Vice President for Human Resources at Savings Bank of Mendocino College. Um, we have a call, so I'm going to answer that. Hello, caller. You're on the air.
3: Yes, hi, this is Randy from Willits, and thank you for this conversation because it's um, really important. I appreciate the honesty and the down-to-earthness and the practicality. Um, I'm, I want you to talk about reentry women, people like myself who's a mother who wants to go back. I've got three units shy of getting an AA degree.
1: Mm.
3: I attended college for five years when I first got out, and I didn't have my first baby till I was 24. But I also am thinking of my mother. Barbara Champion, who helped to found NCO in 1968, and she used to say that someday the distinction between mental and manual laborers will be diminished, and we will be that much closer to a fair and equitable society. And she would take her hands like a scale, and you know how you, they put judges and uh-huh. up on a, uh, a pie, right. and the the farm workers and you know mothers and stock you know, the manual laborers. Well, she would. Equalize them like a scale and make them even on equal, on the same horizon. You know what? She would say, someday the distinction between mental and manual labors, because we need both. Mm-hmm. And ideally, we're both. You know, we can be both manual and and, and intelligent. You know. So
0: I love so, the fact that you brought up that you're three units shy. Um, I know. What's what's stopping you from from getting those three units?
3: It's it's a, it's a reentry, getting the getting the uh, school. First, it was a $163 fine for a $20 tape that got caught in a... I was taking a class down in Ukiah. My grandson held my hand when we went back, and I finally got it waived after 10 years. Oh, wow. From 1993 till 2003 or 2000. It was ridiculous. A $163 fine for a $20 tape that got caught in a windstorm. The roof blew off my house in an 80-mile-an-hour wind over an Albion. My kids and I were home, and, and the hurricane wind blew it off. Oh, wow. And the water came and destroyed the tape, and it was a $20 tape, but they wanted
0: $163. Okay. Well, a I'm going to let Tina so talk a little bit about yeah. women reentry, because I think that's a topic she's um, passionate about.
1: Randy, I'm so glad you called. I hope I got your name correct. Um, and I really, really encourage you to make an appointment with a counselor, uh, get out to the college. Um Go to the college administration and tell them your circumstance and let them know that you want to get your degree. I think this is a, a wonderful story, and I know that the college is supportive and has the resources that you need. So I, I cannot encourage you <laughs> anymore. I really want you to do this. This would be so wonderful for you, and it sounds so important to you, and especially if you are in a circumstance where you still are needing to work, um, this can add to your skills. You you may find that you want to take that class that will get you those three degrees, but you may want to take some other refresher classes too. I believe it's it's never too late, and it's so exciting that you've called in and are are seeking um, help and advice on how to how to do this. I remember um, being 38 years old, and what, what sitting here at 64, I, you know, I think, wow, why did I feel that way at 38? But I was 38, and I had no uh, really college under my belt. I felt my skills uh, were very thin, although they were very focused in the banking area. Um, but to get into other areas of business, I really needed a change, and I I felt very intimidated. But I made that drive out there and I took the assessment and I just started meeting with the counselors. And I have to tell you, Randy, there was at one point I missed a prerequisite class and it frustrated me so much because when you do that, you have to wait almost another semester or a year before it's offered. And so that affected the timing of my completing my degrees. So then I started meeting with two counselors each semester just to make sure I got the story (laughs) straight. And they humored me and they supported me. And I really had to make the effort and really keep track of what was going on in my academic career while working full time. But I can tell you it was worth every bit of the effort. And I strongly encourage you to get out to the college and talk to a Counselor, Let them know where you're at. Let them know where you want to go. Thank you so much for calling in. We have a
0: few more minutes if uh, we can take one more call. at 707-895-2448. Um, but I also wanted to just follow up real quick and say how many times I have heard from students, if they're older students, talking about being a role model for their children, younger students talking about even wanting to go to, to school because of their parents and we were at the chamber mixer at the Willits, the North County Center in Willits a few Fridays ago and one of the students who came to speak was had just finished in her degree in administrative justice she had a dual degree I can't remember what the other thing was but because she was attending classes there her father was now inspired to get his GED. Hmm. And so it can have a ripple effect, you know, and I think that's really one of the powerful things about um, community college. Go ahead.
1: Yes. And Julie, I want to say um, my sister moved to Lake County when I was attending Mendo and she started attending extension classes in Lake, Mm -hmm. then at Mendo. She then got accepted to both Sac State and UC Davis, ended up going to Sac State. She was in her late thirties as well. And she ended up getting a bachelor's degree in health sciences from uh, Sacramento State. So we went from a family of five girls, uh, only one having gone to college, with three having gone to college. And Mm -hmm. so both my sisters and I are graduates of Mendocino Community College. And it has made a tremendous difference in our lives. Um, Great. Thank you so much, Tina. Yeah. I really
0: appreciate you sharing your story and, and coming and talking to us. And I also appreciate everything that you do for the community uh, on behalf of yourself, but also on behalf, behalf of Savings Bank of Mendocino County, who I know is very in, involved in the community. And we really appreciate your dedication and mentorship. Um, and I can't wait till scholarship season yes, <laughs> in, in April when we get to read those um, applications. So um today you've been listening to the Mendocino College Radio Hour. My name is Julie McGovern. I'm the Executive Director of the Mendocino College Foundation. My guest today was Tina Rader, who serves on the Mendocino College Foundation Board of Directors, and she also is a Senior Vice President of Human Resources at Savings Bank of Mendocino County and a Mendocino College alumni. And I would like to reiterate, if you are a Mendocino College alumni, you can send an email to alumni at Mendocino.edu and get on our mailing list so you keep informed of all the events happening and networking possibilities and connect with your fellow alumni students and former professors. Um, I think the next show, which is going to be the first Tuesday in November, that's when the Mendocino College Radio Hour airs at 9 a.m., the first Tuesday of every month. And next month, I'm going to be interviewing Yuliana Sandoval, who's the Director of Financial Aid, and Marco Osea, who is a uh, transfer transfer counselor. And they're going to really be talking about the affordability um, aspect of Mendocino College. Um, so tune in the first Tuesday of November at 9 a.m. Thank you again to Tina, my guest, and... I hope that if you didn't get all of this show and you like to listen back to our online archive at jukebox.kzyx.org or subscribe to the KZYX Public Affairs Podcast, either Spotify or Apple.